So hello and welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Wyma. Today I have Chris Kramborg on the show. He is the creator of Place My App or Place My Dot App if you go looking for it online. Don't get confused with placemyapp.com. Totally different <laughs> business out there website. Uh, welcome, Chris. How are you? Um, thanks for having me. I'm great. Thank you. If I uh, may start with a little compliment. Um, I really like your podcast intro, the little guitar riff that's playing in the beginning. It takes me right back to my to my teenage, late teenage, early adult years when I was playing in metal bands. And that's the kind of stuff we played, really. Yeah, you know what? I've been thinking about changing it. Like, you know, once in a while having a change. No, 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 no. Have. No, never change it. Don't change it. Well, did you play it yourself or how did it? We were looking online for like uh, some free music to, to use for the intro, like some unlicensed mm -hmm. stuff. And... Um, Yeah, this song came up and I was like, that's that's the one I want. Because like some of the podcasts I listen to, like the one I really like to listen to that's no longer on anymore, or one of the ones, uh, they used a guitar one, but it was like mm -hmm. a MIDI style of like uh, one of the ACDC songs. And I was like, okay, I, I like this one. Because some of the other ones I listen to, like I don't know what it is, but they want to sound, this is my interpretation again. It's like, I feel like they want to sound smart or, or, or something. So they play yeah. like piano at the beginning. And I'm like, this just puts uh, me yeah, into like, yeah. like a not so interested mood like i want to be pumped when i listen to a podcast and i'm more like you know i'm more into it i don't know if that makes sense i'm more awake at least okay interesting i wouldn't um i don't know if i would call myself pumped necessarily but uh, i know the style you're you're going for definitely yeah at least not not piano i don't know piano just turns me off i think yeah i know exactly what you mean no i really like it it's just this uh this little riff sounds a bit like i hope that's no offense to anyone sounds a little bit like um bullet for my valentine which i used to listen to a lot um and it just brings me right back into this era of my life well i'm happy to hear that because i don't hear too many people talking about it uh, about the intro so that's why i was thinking like well maybe i can have a change someday because i changed uh, another intro i had for my other youtube channel just because i Yeah, like I said, once in a while having a change is, is nice, you know? The, like, all these companies that have been around for a long time, IBM, etc., they change their logos and all that every, I don't know, 30 years or so. So it'd be nice just to have a change once in a while. Yeah, you could go for the minimalist style. Isn't everybody going for the minimalist style? And maybe just have, I don't know, what what could you do more minimal about a guitar intro? Just the guitar, no drums, no nothing anymore. Go more could. minimal. Yeah, my, uh, yeah, I know a couple of, I know, actually, know quite a lot of people in the music business, so I can always ask if they have some kind of idea. Some people that compose music. Nice. So he actually composed uh, my other YouTube channel, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, I, I have to think about it. I don't know. I think, uh, but how about the logo? What do you think about the logo? Seems kind of nice. Minimalist, I guess, to a certain extent. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I mean, it's very, the colors definitely speak flutter, um, which I like. Uh, it's a bit rounder than the usual flutter design language i guess but that's i mean you're not flutter you're your own podcast i like it definitely speaks flutter to me yeah that's that's it's good to hear it's, I, i like to hear the feedback because I, i you know you don't really know how something is until somebody lets you know to a certain extent yep i agree i absolutely agree but your your place my app right your logo is quite interesting it's actually similar to mine should i call this patent infringement or something <laughs> copyright infringement <laughs> Give me a second. I just have to open Photoshop for a, for a, a quick second. Yeah, um, true. I think so. The cover of the YouTube live announcement said that I'm a software developer and UI designer. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I do UI design. That's true. Um, also, in my current job, I do UI design. But I just I've be become a UI designer by accident so to say and every time i design a new ui it's usually these shades of blue that i use maybe because i'm influenced by flutter i don't know um but you're absolutely right yeah they use similar colors similar colors that flutter uses in their design language um i i guess what you what you uh, i understand what you want to say yeah well it's 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 rounded on the corners and it's obviously you're missing that middle the middle stem true Basically, only the F, the the one F stroke is missing. Yeah, correct. That's interesting. How? I mean, you can't put the logo yourself. I'm guessing, right? Um, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Just because I uh, find it's a big pain point to get logos, and I went down several pathways from the Wix logo creator to paying somebody on Fiverr. But 
I don't know if you've ever done something like this, like if you've ever gone down these rabbit holes. Um, it never or it rarely turns out the way you really imagine it to be. Um, I really wouldn't call myself a logo designer. I do UI designs, as I said, but um, yeah, I, I literally just did this in uh, Figma, I think. So I wouldn't really call Figma even a real logo design tool, but it was enough to at least create something really simple, like a little bit of text and a few small design elements. That's that's fine. I can't really go beyond that, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, the other thing that's interesting too is that you you place more emphasis on the app part, right? I, I mean, how do you even come up with the the, the design? Because your design is quite simple, um, but how do I say it's simple, but it's uh, it's it's not it's not bad. It's just uh, like you, you see that you emphasize the word app, so I'm guessing it's 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 you're just trying to say it's you know really about you know the the app part of the whole process, right? Um, yeah, when I found the name Place My App, um, I thought that's perfect because I wanted to create something for app developers to showcase their app, basically. So what Place My App does all in all is just place your mobile app inside of a mobile frame. So you have a mock-up of your app in an iPhone or a Google Pixel, and that's basically it, I think. Um, so you can choose what frame you want. Um, you upload your screenshot and then you can download a version with a um, mock-up of your app. So no, not with a mock-up of your app. You can just download a final picture and you have a mock-up of your app. That's what I want to say. Um, so I guess this is a tool very strictly designed for app developers, strictly created for app developers. Um, but also when I when I thought about the name, I thought about the route I want to go down with Place My App and that ticks all the boxes. For example, it would be great if one day you don't only have the option to place your app in a phone. So to start off with, you you could maybe have a laptop or a iPad or maybe a, a web browser or something that you can show off your, your software. But um, it would be great if you had a resource to create all of your graphic design assets in there, for example, your app logo. And I know there's a bunch of logo creators, uh, not logo, sorry, your app icon. That's what I want to say. I know there's a lot of um, icon creators out there, but um, I guess it would be useful to have like a, nearly a suite of programs that um, do a bunch of jobs for you. And um, if I go even further, my end game would be that you can create your App Store screenshots with all the needs for your App Store screenshots in there. So different sizes for Apple, for example, different languages that you have to upload um, on the App Stores. So yeah, um, this is just a very, it still says place my app beta if you go to it. So this is just an absolute MVP, I'd say, um, to see if there is need for this sort of app, if somebody will use it, um, and if I should continue going down this path, really. So if I were to use this this uh, tool, like what would be kind of the style? Like I just need one screenshot and I would just upload that and then I could download different screenshots from there of what an app would look like so I can use it for promotional materials? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's the thing you can do now. You You just upload one screenshot and um, you choose if you want to have an iPhone 14, an iPhone 14 Pro. And I think the other one, I don't have it open right now and I don't have it in my mind right now, but I think the other one is a Google Pixel you could choose. Um, maybe even a Samsung Galaxy. I'm not even entirely sure. So I did place a few of the recent, I did create a few of the recent phones in there. Um, so you would basically, that's the stuff people use for either promotion materials for their landing page for an app, maybe even for app store screenshots, stuff like that. Yeah. I seen you have uh 14 pro 14 S 22 for galaxy and pixel seven. Those are just, just for, oh, have you gotten any more requests recently or no? Um, not really. I think what would be more helpful would be different device types really. So an iPad, maybe. Um, maybe a laptop, maybe 3D mockups. That's something I haven't, I have looked briefly into, but I haven't really touched yet, actually. Um, but it should still be possible with Flutter. So the, the way it works currently is that when you choose a device, um, all the parts of the device frame, uh, are made with Flutter widgets. So it's all just containers, size boxes, 
um, stuff like that. So this gave me the opportunity to make these individual parts of an, a mockup really customizable. So you can change colors, you can toggle some things on and off. Um, and I could even add more customization features in the future. Um, so I think there are a few 3D um, libraries for Flutter out there. I just briefly touched the topic, but it should be possible to upload. I think in that case, I would need 3D models maybe. Um, then it becomes a bit of a question of how customizable will these 3D models be from Flutter itself. Um, so that's one of my next topics I want to touch really to see how easy it would be to build or if it's possible at all and how customizable it would be. Now, um, how did you actually make this, uh, these devices? Like what, what kind of widgets are they? So I think 99% of the time I just use the decorated box. I don't know if you ever worked with the decorated box, but it's just like a container with a little bit less, um, stuff that you need. So essentially if you, the, my first step was done in Figma. I designed these devices up in Figma the way I wanted them to look like. And I know that most of the stuff I do in Figma, I can replicate exactly like that in Flutter. Because when you design something in Figma, all you really do is place one shape on top of another shape, like a rectangle, a circle, triangle, whatever. And then you give it a shadow and a gradient maybe. And in a nutshell, that's basically UI design, right? It's not really more than that. Um, shadows, colors, and forms. And you can do all of that in Flutter. So I can just um, look at my Figma design, at the different layers of my Figma design, and I can recreate every layer with a Flutter widget. So everything you see in there could be recreated with a container because it gives you all the stuff you need. You just play, you have a stack and you place containers on top of each other and you end up um, if you style them correctly and if you give them paddings and shadows, um, you end up with a phone mockup if you do it right. The only challenge, one challenge I had was I had to create an inner shadow and I actually um, had to use a, um, a package from pub.dev for the inner shadow. That's the um, glow that you can even adjust. Oh, is it called glow gloss? I think so. This little light reflection essentially that makes the um, device frame look a little bit more three dimensional. Um, that's basically a white inner shadow. It's all. It's no no rocket science. All of that stuff. It's just um, shadows and boxes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I like these. You can get the buttons on the side, which is quite interesting. And the and the notch or the I guess the pill the. Sorry, what's it called? Dynamic Island for iPhone. Dynamic yeah. Island, yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, one of my my things I want to add in the future is the, just the ability to also toggle stuff like the buttons on and off, and um, maybe create a more generic iPhone by a generic phone by removing the outer buttons, removing the Dynamic Island, and then you just have a gener generic um, phone frame if you don't want it to be so branded. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely pretty cool stuff. So, now, obviously, this must have been something to scratch one of your itches, right? So, you, you actually still use this yourself uh, at your work? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, uh, I do just, I'm just someone who always needs a project to work on. And so, naturally, I've just created quite a few apps um, over the years, but I also, uh, so that's one um, use case for myself when I create an app and every time I created an app, I was, and I had to create these mockups from my app. I was searching again. I was searching online for these mockups for Adobe XD or for Figma or whatever, and um, was never really satisfied. And there was just a painful process for me. So that just solves a problem for me, but also um, I'm a full-time software developer. We also make an app um, and it just helps me in my actual day job. Um, sometimes because I also make our website, it's a small startup. I'm the only developer. So I basically do the app development and our website and uh, my boss is just making sales and implementation work. So, uh, this helps me and my boss in my, in our daily work really. Yeah. But there's quite a few other tools that could do similar things, right? Is there one that just couldn't do it the way you wanted to, or I know some of these are probably paid, I believe. 
Yes. So I think the, yes, that's uh, one of the biggest um, differences to place my app. It's free. And um, also most of the tools don't give you this level of customization. Um, and also not this potential level of future customization. Um, like I said before, there's a lot of stuff uh, I want to add to make these things even more customizable. They give you, most of the time, they give you maybe the option to change your color, but sometimes they are just like static graphic assets that your uh, screenshots are placed in. So that's one thing I could see Place My App have a bit of an advantage in the future. But to be honest, it was also just a bit of an, like you said before, it just, well, it was interesting for me to see if I could build something with Flutter that's more than just write and read data from into a database. Um, it was a little bit of a challenge to create this graphics design style tool, um, especially when you think about uh, this canvas in the middle. Initially, I spent a little bit of time thinking about how I could create this canvas where you can drag the phone around and can zoom into the in, into the mock-up itself, but then it turned out to be quite easy with Flutter's, uh, what is it called? Interactive viewer. Um, yeah, so it, it just, I was just, I really itched to create something that's a little bit different than your typical have a form, post some data to a database, and then retrieve the data again. I just noticed that actually Facebook has a lot of these things for free. Have you seen that? It's uh, designed off, yeah. Have you seen that before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do some stuff for, I think they have quite an um, extensive resource set for their ads now. Is that for ads or is it? Yeah. I don't know. It says uh, design.facebook.com slash tools and resources slash devices. And it seems like they have a ton of these different things. They got uh, iMac Pro, iMac 24-inch, just iMac, Retina, iPhone. And maybe I can copy some stuff from them. Yeah, you can probably steal some of these or at least kind of get the, you know, or how do you say the ideas? Yeah, the sorry, sorry, let's not use the word steal, right? Let's use the the music word sample. Sample these inspiration. Yeah, inspiration. Yeah, that that's the PC word to use, right? Inspiration. But yeah, these uh, I totally forgot about these things because to yeah. me, like, yeah, I mean, I don't really have yeah. to make stuff like this. This is interesting. They also have Dell UltraSharp HD uh, <laughs> screen. Okay, and they get really out there. That's very oddly specific, but okay. Yeah, that's what I was surprised about. Microsoft Lumia 950. I mean, you don't know if you need that anymore. <laughs> if you take a time machine, you might need that. Um, I'm sure they they must have identified a use case for it in order to create it. It, it wouldn't be random that somebody just said, I'll do that now. Um, they got Nokia, <laughs> if you need it. Is Nokia even around still? I don't even know. That's why I was a little bit surprised. I think they might still be somewhat around. I yeah. Saw, yeah, but it'd be interesting if they had like really old like uh, Razor or something here. Yeah. Interesting that you just said um, you don't really have to build stuff like this. Um, if you think about your typical um, solo indie developer, they might be on their own and they might not be very good with uh, graphics design and UI design and they might not even have um, Adobe XD or Figma or whatever installed and they um, might stumble upon Place My App and just think that it's the perfect thing for them to just make their screenshots look a little bit nicer. So uh, I guess there's quite a few use cases you can find if you if you start digging into it no it, it it's not it's not the perfect tool for me uh for more than one reason like one is like i never really Thanks. have to make this kind of stuff no it's no offense right like no, 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 I never do this kind of stuff and yeah. also i have a full-time designer that can do this stuff for me yeah uh and yeah I so think, you're in a fortunate position yeah i'm in a fortunate position but it, again like there's a reason why i asked you to come on it's because i thought it was interesting mm -hmm. and there may be people who actually want to do this kind of stuff yeah so I'm not saying it. I mean, if I thought it was useless, we wouldn't even be talking, right? <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's just be direct. Um, I was just putting your leg. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I also want to make that part clear, right? I'm not here to dismiss your work. I think it's it's yeah. it's interesting and and curious why you made it, and also curious how you made it, right? Because there may be somebody yeah. who maybe wants to take, you know, the take the uh, we call it take the ball, I guess. You know, like start where you are and then maybe add on to it and make it even more interesting, more unique. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you actually bringing on uh, open source help to help out and try to add more features or, or nobody's kind of asked for anything like that? Um, no, not at the moment, to be honest. Um, it was 
stale for a little while. I created it last year in December, I think, roughly around the time, December 2022. Um, and then we had a bigger project, a bigger personal project. We just moved um, and I had to move a family of six, which was a bit of a um, adventure. So uh, just because I have four kids. Um, so I didn't really have much time in the last weeks and months to work on personal projects. Um, now that that's done, uh, I definitely want to dig into it and just, I do have a little bit of a roadmap as I told you before, and just want to see how I should prioritize stuff. I, um, when I posted it on Reddit initially, I think that's how you guys found me too. Um, I got quite some great feedback. For example, one guy said, um, it would be great if you could just type in the URL of your website and it would just load your website inside the phone frame, which I, I didn't even think about that, but it's a great suggestion and it's, I think it's easy to build. So I think that's one of the next things I'll try. Flutter has a, what is it called? Web view. Um, so it should be really straightforward to build this sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So next for me is just prioritizing the um, roadmap a little bit and see what I have on there and maybe gather a bit more feedback. That's what you said in the beginning when I talked about your podcast intro. I think feedback is just one of the most important things you could get as a developer, especially as a solo developer who has just coded along in his own head for a while. Um, yeah. So if anyone sees this and wants to give me some feedback and wants to suggest some features, I'm more than open for it and I'll pick up some work on place my app uh, very soon i guess now that we're all set in our new house yeah I'm, I'm i'm trying to think about what what would be useful i mean the biggest thing for me that's always a pain is like automatically generating these screenshots yes for the store right especially apps especially the apple app store is the worst yeah they're so pedantic with their um with their pixel sizes it's uh, it's crazy. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Like, if, say, if you these specific devices, we need screenshots, and you're like, ah. yeah. Even just if you want to just create an iPhone app, you have to already upload two different um, sizes. So you have to design these and render these somehow, or export these in the exact uh, in the exact right pixel sizes. And then if you want to do multiple languages, you have to upload your screenshots in multiple languages. Um, as well. Now, it just happens to be that on Reddit, uh, I think two days ago, I saw a post. It must have been either Flutter Community or Flutter Dev or Flutter Help or something, um, where somebody created something very similar to this. And I wanted to take a closer look um, because it looked very promising. So maybe something like that is out there already. We'll see. Yeah, I know that there's a way that you can do this with um, Fastlane. They can somehow spin up your app and take the pictures that you need. Yeah. Um, I just remember like for, for one of my clients where we, we didn't have a mobile app and then we had to have one because we wanted to get away from, from Strava for Poland fitness data. Mm -hmm. what, so what he did was he, he had his designer friend mock up all the screens for us to submit. He said, okay, give me the densities and everything. But he used for both the, the, uh, the Apple App Store and Google Play, he used the same phone, which was some random mm -hmm. Google google phone it's a random android phone and apple was like no you cannot you have to use an iphone in your screenshots sorry yeah they're Denied. very specific sometimes yeah yeah which is it's 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 understandable like if you think about it but when you're in a rush to get the app out and this is the thing that's blocking you it's like dude this is ridiculous yeah and wouldn't it be great if you had a tool where you can just design one app store screenshot and it would give you you can choose the device that you want to have for the Apple store and you can choose a device that you want to have for the Android store and you can choose which languages you want to do. Um, and you click one download button and it spits you out all of these files at once that you need. Um, that's kind of a little bit my vision. If that, like if I ever get that far, we'll see. Um, but that would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it like if, yeah, to me, I see this as kind of like, the foundation of something that could be much more interesting, but how to get to where I'd like to go is, is totally something else. Like it's like, um, yeah. yeah it, Cause you know, like when, if you go to like the store, you can see the stylized, you know, uh, like the phone is not in the center or not the whole thing. It's, it's towards the bottom and on top you have text and stuff around like, and if you can swap those out, yeah, yeah. that would be more of what I want to look for. And also generating like the actual screenshots 
Um, yeah. And actually, one tip for people at home, sorry, I just want to say this before I forget. I don't think we've ever, we've changed the app significantly, but we never updated the screenshots for Apple. And they never asked us anything, which I thought was very interesting. <laughs> they never actually take a look at it. But, you know, it's probably good to update that because you may piss off some people when they <laughs> when they try to open up your app and see it's different. Yeah, true. But it's a very um, common problem for me as well. Just because I can't be bothered again, where did I place my um, my designs again for these screenshots? And then I need new phone mockups and somehow, somehow I don't really know how I created these again. Um, so, yeah, that's a very common problem. So if you had would log in to place my app and you just have all your screenshot projects in there and you could just quickly update them that would be great yeah but uh, uh so um but you also kind of let me just help us let me seamlessly transition us to another topic that you want to talk about yeah ideation right i can imagine that uh you know you'd mock up your your stuff in figma or photoshop or whatever kick out a screenshot put it into the phone and then kind of use that as a way to, to show off an idea of what you want to work on right is that also something that you use this for um, potentially that's not really how I ideate. I'm somebody who's very hands on. So when I have an idea, I try it out. For example, um, jumping back to place my app. Um, I just played around at first a little bit, like played around with, can I export a widget stack as an image in Flutter? So that's more of the, I, I, I didn't, I didn't talk about this idea with anybody i just jumped right onto it i just jumped right onto these different concepts tried them out um tried out how i can create a color chooser in flutter like this color picker thingy where you can change your your um device colors um so yeah i uh, the reason why i put ideation and creativity on the on the topic list was just because i come from a rather uh, I would say I have quite a track record of doing creative work and I feel like sometimes the creative aspect of creating an app um, and the ideation aspect of creating an app becomes a bit too understated. Everybody talks about what technology to use, um, how to build this, but nobody talks about actually if you have an idea, why don't you play around with it a little bit? Why don't you try it out instead of just thinking overthinking it and then maybe never ending up building building it um that's what i where i see some people fail in the beginning you know what i mean yeah i mean if you keep thinking about it, that's one thing but usually you have to have some type of end goal and have to have some kind of thing that you actually want because sometimes you have these i mean i can talk about people coming to me with ideas because that's what i usually get is they say, oh, I want something kind of like this, but I'm not too sure. I mean, and that's when you start to get into some problems because then you don't know what what's the end goal or what are you actually working towards, right? So these are customers who would be coming to you actually with a rough idea, but they're not really sure what it should look like in the end. Yeah, but also that it's like, okay, I want to have a, a contact us form. Okay, why? Who's going to be contacting you? You know, like you, you start that's asking this kind of question. question to ask. Yeah. yeah, and then they're like, Hmm, I don't know. And you're like, well, let me just ask you a serious question, right? How often do you use the contact us form? Oh, like never. Like, and can you describe some websites that you've go to or that you've seen recently that have a contact us form? Like just give me an example. And they're like, yeah, yeah, actually, maybe I don't actually need that because like everybody uses WhatsApp. It's like, well, what about just a, you know, a contact us link like in the about section or at the bottom, or we put them in some key places where, you know, what's like you start doing like about your product and that should usually entice the person to contact you, right? Oh yeah, that's a good idea. It's like, okay, then let's, you know, let's, cause that putting the link in is like dead simple, right? But building the contact us forms requires a lot more work. It's not like crazy amount, but it's more in, in, in comparison. Um, that's actually a very interesting topic you just touched on. As I mentioned before, I'm working for a startup here and um, we already... I wouldn't say messed up, but we already, um, our very first approach to, to our product already failed. And we found that one of the reasons it failed was that we um, didn't ask this why question enough. So we were assuming that customers want this. We were assuming that our customers need this feature and that feature and want to do it that way. Um, but we didn't actually talk to them enough. Uh, and that's exactly what you just said right now. You talk to your customer, you ask them, why do you need this? Uh, and in our case, our users 
um, had a bunch of features that they never used, but they what they really needed wasn't in the app because we never asked them. So um, when we revamped our idea um, and built it, built a new product, we actually tried to build it more customer driven. So we built a very basic MVP and then um, put it out there for people to use and then worked off their feedback really to, instead of coming up with a bunch of stuff that they might never use, we just um, waited for their feedback and asked for the, for their feedback even to to create a little bit of a of a um, roadmap just like I said before with place my app um, the feedback I got from Reddit even that little feedback already helped me to look at it from a different perspective and to see what people actually would like to see in there. Well, mostly like what I'm looking for is that people just try to think about whatever and to just ask for whatever because they think it's what they should have. Yeah, but if you have two or three or four people asking for one feature, then you already know you might be up to something. Yeah, maybe. But then you also need to ask, what is it that you want to do with this, right? So, because sometimes that they have, how do I say? They have a solution instead of a problem that they present you. That's that's what I found is sometimes the the crooks about these yeah. things. They come to you with a solution. They say, um, yeah, they say build a contact form. There was a great example, actually. They tell you build a contact form, but their problem is really just, I want people to contact me. Um, and you are the professional who's the right person to come up with a solution in this case. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Come, they come with a solution, right? Instead of coming with the problem. When they're not the professionals in that case. Yeah, or even the, the end goal, right, is what I would call it. Because it'd just be, I want, yeah, okay, I guess that's a good point. That would be a problem is I want them to be able to get in touch with me, right? Yeah, that is the problem. Uh, yeah, how do we do that? Well, you know, it depends on your demographic too, right? Because like for me, I'd, I'd, if I get a phone call, I feel weird already. Most of the phone calls yeah, I get yeah, are people. I don't answer my phone if I don't know the are, number. Are just not the phone calls I want to have. It's like, do you want money? <laughs> do you want to do? You, I get a lot of those recently. It's like, do you want to borrow money? It's like, who the hell are you? And why would I want to just accept money from a loan from somebody I've never talked to and never solicited for? It's like the weirdest part to me. <clears throat> but but in any case, it's like, yeah, what well, you know. I, I need to, yeah. So then giving a phone call is probably not the right thing. So you're always looking for like the, the lowest, um, what gives you call the initiative from the user, right? So clicking a WhatsApp link and bringing up WhatsApp, I think is easier than, you know, clicking an email. And then the problem too is that not everybody uses the default mail client. For me, I use Spark on my phone. Same I here. don't like the yeah. default one. So that in it and even if you use the mail to link i think it still opens up the regular one so then i just uh you can set it you can set it up differently though do you have an iphone or android i do maybe i didn't set it up or or something weird but you can now choose your default mail, mail client on iphone yeah i'll have to take a look but i i remember it being an issue at least before and i was like this is annoying so i'd have to have end up having to hold down the click and then copy the mail in order to do it so i'm doing it later Breaking a problem down to the simplest solution, that's something you just said, um, is what I feel I'm not necessarily the best at, but I'm very blessed with my boss at my startup, for example. Um, he's always challenging me. I tell him the way or I show, I show him mock-ups of how I want to build something. And uh, he's usually very, very good at drilling down whatever I want to build to the really simplest MVP solution and then just say something like, okay, let's just implement this and wait what the customers say, see if they actually need the other little knickknacks that you wanted to build in there, see if they even need this and that feature. Um, so I think that's a skill, really. You have an idea in your head and then drilling it down to the absolute basic minimum um, to validate the idea you have is a little bit of a skill, I guess. Uh, and it helps to have someone else look over what you're trying to build to help you... Um, yeah, ask the right questions, just like you said before. Ask the why. Yeah, I think. Well, I think for me, a lot of times, why is like, yeah, because a lot of times people try to just throw in what I call busy work. That's really what it comes down to. At least in my line, it's just like, I want this. Why? And they don't. They, most of the time, they never have a reason, which is even more interesting. It's like, um, because we need that. <laughs> it's like, well, why do you need that? You never get an answer for. Yeah. When I um, when I learned Flutter about. 2018, I think. Um, I learned it with a course from Angela Yu on Udemy. Uh, probably lots of people know this name because that's, that was one of the best-selling courses in Udemy back then. And one thing she said really 
really got stuck in my head until today. Um, she said, when you build a new feature, ask yourself, am I building this because somebody needs it or am I building it because it's smart? You know, because it makes me look smart that I was able to put this in there. And I think a lot of times you might find that you're trying to show how smart you are by building something in your app. Um, but it might not be really what, it doesn't have any value for anybody really. It's just showing off you can do this. And this, just this one concept that she tried to, to communicate in her course, really, it really just got stuck in my head until today. And I try to ask myself this sometimes. The why, right? Yeah. Am I really just building this because it makes me look smart? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I guess at the beginning of my career, maybe I did some stuff like that. Nowadays, I tend to be more practical. It's like, well, what, what can I, yeah. Yeah. What's the easiest way I can build what I want to do. But I mean, if I build it for myself, of course, you know, you, you build something kind of rickety, right. But if you're building it for other people, you're like, well, how, how can I make this like easier to use? So like, I don't get somebody doing the wrong thing. You know, it's like, can I just have drag and drop with a couple buttons? I don't want to let them input stuff. I want them to just do something dead simple. So that way there's no issue. Like for instance, um, Oh, here's a, here's a good, here's a good point. Uh, I forgot what it was, but, um, we had to, oh, I think it was something like you need to convert these screen share files or something from one format to another for something. Um, I think I was recording to MOV, but I, I needed them to be MP4 for my editor to deal with. And obviously I can do that very quickly with FMMPG using command line. But I I don't want to be the one to do that because it's such a like a, a it's no offense right but my time is much better spent like I'm looking for new clients or whatever else there's things that I can do and need to do at sometimes that I can't pass to somebody else but asking somebody to run a script is definitely easier but this is something that I think that the, that the editor should be doing and not you know a programmer right because a programmer okay here's a bash script run it but that's not also a good use of his time right he should be doing other things. This is really to editor. So like, okay, can you make a Flutter app? So ask the developer for, you know, an hour of his time to make this Flutter app for desktop where it's like, can you just drag and drop a file and then this thing will output a file, same name, but just different extension. And it's been changing FFMPG. That is like one example where it's just like, well, I mean, how do you get drag and drop wrong? It's like, you know, and then also you explain to the editor, you know, this is what you got to do. It's, you know, you got the file, just drag and drop it over here. Um, so like, there's like a perfect situation, right? Where it's like, I was doing it before, but then it's like, well, that's just wasting everybody's time. And then they're waiting for me. And, you know, it's kind of a huge issue. It's a big bottleneck, right? Um, correct. Yeah. I'm always very, um, amazed about when my boss always asked me about product time, he's telling me we need a solution for this and that what's the product time. So how much in, uh, essentially he's asking me, how much time do you need to put aside to work on this? Um, and I can see his time management in, in his head, um, working and he's always like, ah, oh, no, no, no. If it's two days, it's the, we, we don't want to do this now. Let's that's, that's too much, um, product time for, if we don't know if we actually need this. So let's just build something that just takes one day. And that way we know we probably need in the future. Oh, your camera just messed up a little bit there. I hope it's, yeah, it's I it restored though. I can see yeah. you again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I'm going to kick something. It's very weird. Yeah, and then uh, there's another good one, right? This camera is not quite uh, easily to use, but you know how much time would it take me to invest to figure that part out? Is it, what, isn't there a word for that in Sarb? It's like cost of something. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, 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 cost versus time. I don't know something like that. I know what you mean. No, but I thought there was a whole term called cost of something. It's like cost of opportunity or something like that. It's like, well, yeah, you know, how much would it take for me to how much resource, right? It's better to say resource because. Of course, there's always going to be money, right? You can put money to time, but then also, yeah, that's probably a big one. And also, uh, yeah, like, is it better you spend time doing that or better you spend time doing this? What's the outcome? But sometimes you don't know in the beginning. Sometimes um, you might be up to something and you don't know it yet. That's the other crux of this situation, really. Um, and that's actually what I think is also really valuable. I think what I said in the beginning, sometimes you just have to dive into something um to see if it's worth it or not and usually in the end it turns out to be worth it especially if you're like a small solo dev like me who just 
who's just messing around a little bit and you always learn something even if you don't know um, whether it's actually being used in the end or it's actually being valuable for anyone um, you'll always get some sort of return um, if you spend a little bit of time on something it's never in entirely wasted in my in my opinion yes yeah uh, but when you guys are kind of mocking out your ideas, right? You start from feature first, or do you ever get the, when you would you start to bring in like some UI mockups? Because Flutter is very much a visual kind of of, of programming, I would say. That's correct. Um, and I hear a lot of people talking about they are using Flutter to mock up their UI and their designs, or to just they they skip the mockup process. I usually don't do that unless it's actually just a button I have to drop into something. I usually try to go um, Figma or in case of my uh, uh, day job, uh, Adobe XD first, um, because I found that when you communicate an idea with words, I might have a completely different idea of how that actually translates into an app design than another person. Um, so I find it very valuable to just have a quick mock-up. I'm quicker in Adobe XD than I am in Flutter to just mock-up something really quick. So I find it very valuable to to just mock-up my version of a feature, my idea of a feature to show to somebody. And then um, it's very easy to just um, revisit this, make little variations and talk about whether this is actually what we want to build or this is going to into the wrong direction. And only then um, am I going into Flutter. Partially also because um, we've built a Flutter web app for quite a while. And um, I don't know if you've ever worked with Flutter web, but it's painfully slow to reload. So that makes it actually kind of a slow process to work with Flutter web. Um, I'm, I've now just, I'm just, I'm trying to get around this problem by um, making a Mac OS desktop build instead of a web build, which is much faster, which has hot reload. But um, yeah, that's how, how we uh, in our startup work on design. So I never just jump into the code on an assumption of they want it to look like this, but I really always try to validate first. Yeah, I mean, using, I mean, I guess you can be quick and kind of mock something up in Flutter, but you're not going to, the problem is that you're going to run into issues where people cannot. Once they start to change the screen size dimensions, you're usually going to run into some problems, especially more complicated the design. You know, things don't fit or overlapping or or whatever. Um, I just delivered a initial initial um, app to a client v uh, you know of course not v one like finalized thing, but the first uh, delivered prototype or whatever last Thursday. <clears throat> and we loaded up on their laptop screen, but it's actually um, everybody over here has like a 5K, 4K screen. It worked on my machine. <laughs> yeah. And then we delivered to them and they loaded up on their laptop, which is like a 15 inch. And it was like a 15 inch windows from mm -hmm. who the heck knows when. Uh, <laughs> and uh, well, to get an idea, like how old it is, there's no USB-C on it. So yeah. <laughs> nowadays, every laptop's got USB-C all over the place. Right. So that, that, that one, um, yeah, so that one just didn't didn't work. Like it was like, oh, this is like too big, you know. We we you know. You can only see half of your design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same. Um, yeah, and then like the guy programming it, and I, did, I didn't look at the code because I, I'm uh, I was working more on kind of making sure everybody's working on this thing. There's no issues. Like more like a scrum master the whole time. Yeah, and um, he he programmed it so that it's like a specific size. Can never get any bigger. Can never get any smaller. Mm -hmm. So he can stretch it out. So it's like okay, well now we know. Um, because that client is a financial client and they have like a bunch of these, the really weird thing about these traders is they like to have a lot of small screens instead of having one big, like, you know, like one that curves, which I think more people would be into. They yeah. like to have about nine of these small screens all over the place. Okay. Interesting. So they can have all the stocks in their, um, their dashboards and statistics all over, all on a different screen. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like. At one point, I'm I'm a little bit amazed. The other thing, it's like, wow, what a waste, you know? Because now we have <laughs> these screens that can, you can just have a bunch of small windows everywhere. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah. But that's what I find uh, Flutter is doing a really good job at. Um, all of this uh, responsive design stuff. Um, I always like to joke and say we probably built the first ever production Flutter web app because we literally Flutter web was stable, and I think a day later we released our um, web application. And I, uh, to be honest, I found it really a, a breeze to, um, 
create UIs for different screen sizes in Flutter. I come from a web design background. I did lots of HTML, CSS, as far as I can think back, really. Um, and of course, Flutter's concept of responsive design is quite a bit different than in CSS. But still, I found it to be, um, if you know your way around a little bit, I find it to be very um, a very elegant solution to responsive design. You know what I mean? To adapt your design um, when you shrink your screen or make it bigger. Yeah, there, there's that part. But the other thing too is you, there's another word besides responsive. What is it? Because um, responsive is dealing about the width. Adaptive, yeah, 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 that's the one. It's like, well, can I right click? Can I double tap? Do I have multiple finger support? Uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's one thing Flutter Web was really bad in the beginning, like especially the right click stuff. My boss still, um, I found a solution to let him right click and open a new tab. But my boss was like, for ages, he was like, why can I not right click? open a new tab with that because it's it's he doesn't really know that flutter web is not exactly a website in a sense that you're used to when you when you visit a website so there are a few things that are quite different um and yeah just getting his head around this concept uh took a little while to tell him yeah if you want to right click open a new tab i actually have to separately implement this and it works now, but it, it just this little thing that seems to be such a small thing that every website has was a bit of a hassle in the beginning. And I think the the URL launcher package just recently um, solved this problem. I think for a while you couldn't easily implement something like that. Yeah, I was just looking at that. I totally forgot because I like to do do that. Um, okay, it looks like hmm, this has been. So I was just taking a look at this at yeah. the Flutter Web plugin. It seems like it's been archived in, back in February. Maybe they moved it up to somewhere else. Uh, yeah, if you go to Flutter plugins, it's like it's been archived already. It's not screen only. I need to check that out. But yeah, somebody was saying that you could just use JavaScript or whatever. You can call it, because you can obviously call JS from okay. Flutter. Is it JS context? And also HTML, there's, there's some stuff. There's ways that you can do it, but not like if I right-clicked, I could do right-click and then use that context menu to open it up, right? Yeah. People are used to. Um, yeah, you can do it now. So if you use URL launcher, that'll work. Um, they have a, I think it was URL launcher. They have a link widget, which is literally just called link. Um, and that'll give you out of the box the right click opening new tab one. I think the JavaScript solution is actually, a, I might be wrong, but I think you, it creates an HTML node on the HTML website that then gets clicked via Flutter or something like that. So it's a bit of a workaround. Maybe the link widget from URL widget, uh, URL launcher is doing the same. I don't know. Might be. Yeah, I, ha I haven't looked at that. I haven't thought about that for a while. So I haven't done... We we do have one project in Flutter Web and it uh, works okay. Um, people are happy with it. Uh, but yeah, we, we've definitely found that the... I think everybody knows already that it's really tough to develop using web because you don't have that hot code reload. And Yeah, but really the... the so the best solution for this is um, make sure your app builds on desktop mac os or if you're using windows on windows and you just the development process gets done on mac os then you get hot reload uh, which is a massive time saver because every time on web every time you save your app basically flushes the state and starts from the beginning essentially which is just annoying most of the time if you have a multi-step form or something you oh, have yeah. to start at the beginning <clears throat> every time well, I mean, supposedly the stateful widgets, right? They can refresh. No, you don't. About, they, not, on, on not on Flutter Web. Oh yeah, on Flutter Web, yeah, for sure. That's the issue. Yeah, I, I wish they could fix that, but I guess it's a fundamental issue. That obviously they would have that from day one, but it, like to me, it's like core of Flutter. Like, uh, how do you? You can't call this Flutter then, <laughs> if you can't develop with hot code though. That's like one of the key pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know they had it on the roadmap, and I just recently read somewhere that they, for now, they dropped it to prioritize something else. Uh, so it's not coming anytime soon. So the best advice really is make make a Mac OS build and um, work with that. Yeah, so Mac, if you're on Mac, Windows, if you're on Windows, Linux, I guess if you're on Linux. Yeah. A few things um, are not really interchangeable. So for example, for Place My App, I had to work with files quite a bit, upload and download files. And the way um, Flutter Web handles files is quite different from the way that 
files are handled on Mac or, I, or iOS. So I had to basically create different implementations of whether it's currently a Mac build or an iOS build, but it's all possible. So um, you can just Google that stuff. And I think Flutter um, on their website somewhere, I found a guide on how to load different um, class implementations depending on your platform. And it's quite straightforward. Yeah, like the only thing that is a problem, I think, is most things are supported across the different platforms, but then web is kind of like a mystery sometimes. You know, yeah, and that's absolutely. just one is like it depends on the implementation. Of course, if the plugin has been implemented, or even if the what do you call it? The um the even if Flutter itself has it implemented, which I thought was interesting. We had a, a guest on before, um, a Buzz, and they were talking about that there's no lifecycle hooks for for desktop. Which you'd figure that there should be. Yeah, I see your face right now. You're a little bit confused, but we talked about it in the podcast that because they built they they're using Flutter for desktop, and they found that there's no lifecycle hooks. But obviously, you have lifecycle hooks for for mobile, but not for desktop. Do you mean lifecycle hooks as in like when it's been suspended or closed or these kind of like things like that? Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, ah, uh, okay. Um, I haven't come across this problem yet, especially um, and a suspended app. What would I mean on macOS? What counts as suspended? If it goes into the background or like if it's not the active app anymore? Um, that's a good point. I forgot what their example use case was. But like even for instance, like if you closed your laptop yeah. and it opened it back up, that would be kind of some form of suspension, right? Okay, I get it. So I forgot what they what they said exactly, but there was a couple of hooks they want to hook into because it was like, you know, what if... Because it all, what they want to do is they want to pull in the latest data from like GitHub and, and Slack and everything else in your calendar. Mm. And obviously, if you close your laptop and open it back up, most likely you're traveling yeah. or it's been some time. I mean, nobody really closes their laptop and opens up for a second for no good reason. That's, of course, they change your mind. So you want to, ref yeah, you you want want to refresh, refresh the data. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So that would be the hook is to refresh the data once it's been resumed. True. I have one app that's using this function um, on iPhone. I don't even remember what I was doing exactly. But yeah, um, it's a good point. Definitely. But then you can work with a timeout maybe or something like that to say every hour or every day or whatever you refresh. Yeah, it it it, it depends. Yeah, there's of course there's ways to work around it, but it, they're not ideal, right? I mean, in, in the end, I think they end up having to build something or to work with some other plugin to to get that functionality. I forgot what it was. So there is there is a it's possible with a Swift app, for example. They yeah. probably have. OK, then you can watch a. One thing I've never done is I'm actually going through platform channels, but I guess you could go through your macOS platform channel and call Swift code in that case. Yeah, I've done a couple of platform channel stuff. Like, um, for instance, uh, <clears throat> there's a robot that's being sold out here. A lot of people are buying for like, it, it looks like a vacuum cleaner, <laughs> basically. Okay. Uh, with um, with like a tray on it or something. I don't know how to how to describe it. Uh, this is a robot called Tem. Ah, I might have seen it before. Yes. Yeah. What's so the, the was, was it the vacuum cleaner thing that I brought up to you? Um. Uh, so what's the name again? Temi. Temi. T E M I. Okay. You see it? Uh yes, I've definitely seen it. It looks a bit like I don't know if you've watched Big Bang Theory, but this robot that Sheldon once uses when he's meeting Steve Wozniak or something, that's a little bit like this one. Yeah. Well, that's how I described it, right? It's pretty much a blank slate when you get it. Um, but one of the people, one of the clients I was working with, they're like an exclusive uh, partner of uh, Temi in Hong Kong. Um, and what they would do is, of course, they would sell the robot. But, you know, what do you do with a robot that has no basic program? Like it could follow you. It can go to places, but it still has to start, start mapping out the, the area. Uh, it can it can wirelessly charge your phone, which to me was the most useful part out of the box. Okay, nice. <laughs> because like it would just it had so few features, and and this, this is also many years ago too. Um, but um, what was I going to say? Like that was like the basic uh, features it had, and so they would say, okay, well we can help program it for you because it's, it's Android, right? So uh, for that client, we we took the Temi SDK because it's an Android uh, based robot. We wrapped the SDK with platform channels, and then we built uh, some Flutter uh, SDK for it. So you could just work in Flutter with it, and you don't need to worry about you know writing Java or or Kotlin or whatever to interface with our SDK. As we just provided like uh, a Dart based uh, interface for it. Nice, um, yeah. And I mean, I've never. That's basically embedded programming, kind of. 
well, you're on Android here, so it's basically just Android programming, really. But, you know, I had this discussion with a guy and I was like, are you really embedded? Like to me, embedded has so many meanings. Like is because to me, I think it more like you're actually writing like firmware. To me, that means embedded, but actually uh, not really, because if you do a Raspberry Pi stuff, you're also kind of doing embedded programming to a certain extent. I mean, sure, it's Linux and everything, but it's also a form of of, uh, of embedded programming. So I, I don't know. It's really an open term, I think. That's one of the reasons why I went for Flutter. I had Back then, I had no idea what embedded programming really means, but it just, like, they pitched it to me as if I could write code for anything um, with Flutter. And that's basically how it works, right? So you can write code for this um, robot on Flutter. And that's uh, sort of why I, why I fell for this framework, really. And because it, was, it seemed to me a little bit easier than Swift UI, which, uh, Swift, which I've used before. Yeah, well, I do know there's a lot of people who are looking to use Bluetooth. In fact, I just was on a phone call last week with a guy who uh, they're working on a um, robot which can somehow follow uh, somebody and basically video cam, video them. Sounds a bit so, creepy. Yeah, made for like, yeah, a little bit. It sounds creepy when you say it like that, but in general, like, there's so many people who are doing reels mm. and other kinds of you know short videos. And and oh. if you don't have somebody to, with the cell phone to follow you, you'd like to have something. If you don't have the Instagram boyfriend, yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, okay. Or, <laughs> just you just remind me of of the girl that like. Have you seen this one where this girl walks backwards and does? Uh, have you seen this one? Um, All right, I'll, I'll give you. A, so like she recorded herself walking backwards. So she had it facing herself. She set up the camera. She walked backwards, turned to this guy who was eating the sandwich on the ground and said, hey, can I see your sandwich? And he was like, uh, sure, and gave her the sandwich. And then she walked backwards around. And then they played it back forwards. And it looked like she yeah, was, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. I saw this homeless guy and I gave him a sandwich. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how real these things are, but it, it could be. Yeah. I don't doubt that people probably do stuff like that. Yeah. I always felt it a little bit weird. It's like, oh, I found this homeless guy and I, I, I gave him uh, a dollar and like, I feel so great. It's like, what? Like, why would you film yourself doing that? Can't you just be a good person and just do it? Like, ridiculous. That's exactly what I what I think sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, actually, I unsubscribed a couple of uh, people on Instagram and YouTube because I saw this sort of stuff. And then I was just like, no, exactly what you just said. Why, why do you have to show this to us? Just do your normal content, really. Um, which felt a little bit weird. I think Mr. Beast actually got into some deal. You know this guy, Mr. Beast? Yeah, yeah, of course. But he's like known for just pumping money into people who need money, right? Yeah, but I think there was a big debate because I guess he helped some um, blind people. Sorry if I'm like uh, oversimplifying. Oh, it I saw. Yeah, I saw. Did you hear the, about this one? And, so and there the, was a debate like, is it bad or is it good? And I think there's a case to make for kind of both sides because I think his thing was like, hey, listen, Yes, I'm doing it. Yes, I'm getting views. But uh, guess what? The views I get, I'm obviously paying for these things to happen. So it's kind of like I'm doing good. Like I'm not here to, you know, like be a billionaire off of this. I'm actually using the money for good. And to be honest, it's also bringing um, uh, the stuff out to light. Like, hey, you can do something like this. You know, Which so I found it, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I think it depends on how you do it and what is your goal, right? Um, it might be. I might be completely wrong. But if I recall correctly, the debate might be that his video was called Curing Blindness. And so some people said blindness is necessarily something that needs to be cured, which is correct, I guess. If you're born that way, it, there's you might not feel a reason for it to be cured. You know what I mean? I think the debate was a little bit around this, but I might be completely wrong. That's how I um, how I got it from Reddit, I think. I think I see it on Wikipedia. Um, obviously, take that with a grain of salt, but it says January 2023, uh, Donaldson, which I guess is Mr. Beast's favorite, uh, name, paid for cataract surgery for a thousand people. So, yeah, okay. I guess legally you are blind, right? But I think you can have some kind of light coming in with cataracts. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a good point. Like, uh, yeah, um, this is where this, that's, I think that's what it was because it makes sense. This is pretty recent. Yeah, yeah, I saw it on Reddit, definitely. Yeah, this is this is interesting. The the feedback is quite interesting when I'm reading this thing because they're they're saying, you know, okay, yeah, like you said, you know, why are you saying you're curing blindness? It's 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 obviously giving cataract surgery to people who need it. Um 
yeah it's like well is, is your intention to spread awareness or criticism because people are saying like why is it that the you know the american healthcare system is so bad that you, you need to rely on some youtuber to to help you out right mr beast has to come around um and pay for your surgery okay yeah i get that yeah there is a mr beast burger i think around the corner from over here i i, I just remember i should definitely try that i heard something about that like does it actually have to do have something to do with Mr. Beast, the YouTuber, or is it just a name? Some people slap their name on a lot of things that are a little bit questionable. Yeah, there's a MrBeastBurger.com. So I think that must okay. be him. Interesting. I guess this is him. I don't know. Who else would be Mr. Beast? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're in that subreddit crappy off brands, but um, sometimes uh, names are used for very different, very weird things. Hey, there's even a Chris style burger. So I guess I I'm going to have to try this one. With you, are you a big fan of French fry? No, but I'm called Chris. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I was just curious if it matches up with, with you. Um, I mean, I do like French fries. They Here in New Zealand, we have the chip butty. I don't know if you ever heard about this sort of burger. You can buy it at Burger King. So chip butty is essentially um, burger bread and just fries in the middle. Oh, I think it had bacon, fries and bacon. That's what um, New Zealanders call a chip buddy. So I was just taking a look at... This is the right one. Okay, this is nearby. Huh. I'm so curious about this burger. There's, I heard good things about it. It looks good. Yeah, well, if it cogs your arteries, it must taste delicious, right? I mean, fries on a burger. What can go wrong, really? <laughs> Sorry for... Sorry for the off topic, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff we can say. Uh, I think we've been babbling on for like an hour. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we have a lot to say. Like your app is in general, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm, I'm, I like the idea. Uh, like I said, it's, it's not not quite for me uh, at the moment, at least um, because of my situation. But I think there was some times when I actually was looking for something like this. And I think I relied on like random templates. I think I found a line for Sketch at the time uh but i mean that's been several years i mean i think i never opened up sketch i feel keep paying for sketch but i never actually use it yeah i, I don't even know if sketch is really a thing anymore um now that figma exists and uh, got so popular yeah i guess really like i said before if you guys um anyone who listens is a solo developer and they face this problem and they think place my app could solve it for them then i'm very very happy about any sort of feedback um that i can get that's going to push me into the right direction to Make it more helpful. Yeah. Um, I mean, if people are interested to give you feedback and, or even kind of help out or whatever, like how can they best get in contact with you? There is a contact feature uh, in the app itself. I think the landing page might have a, an email address too. Um, otherwise, it's just uh, either hello at chriscranborg.com or hello at chriscranborg.net. Um, or you just Google Chris Cranborg and you'll find my websites um, and me on Instagram and whatever. You'll find me. My name's out there. You've only had one, uh, I saw the change log. It's pretty interesting. I haven't seen too many people have change logs on their website, but you have a change log. I, yeah. yes. So I put it out in, I'm possibly December last year, sometimes, sometime this time around. Um, yeah. And like I said, then I just let it sit there a while, gathered a little bit of feedback. And now that my private situation is a little bit more um, relaxed again, I will definitely pick up work again so i found this a little bit uh strange so i see uh keep a change log is what you're using right is it yeah it could be that's the so they um so keep a change log is basically they provide you with a template of what they think it's an opinionated template of what they think a change log should look like but the, the funny thing is uh you go to check out the keep a change log thing and then at the bottom it says i went on the change log podcast <laughs> Just feel like very weird to keep talking about changelog, changelog, changelog over here. Okay, interesting. Nice. I'm definitely going to um, give it a click. Yeah, the changelog podcast. Nice. I, I, you never heard of changelog podcast? No. Have, have you? you? Oh, it's a, no, yeah, I do. I used to listen to quite a lot of it. They have a lot of really good guests on there. So I think Flutter people have been on there a couple of times. Changelog podcast is pretty decent. It's not only about changelogs, is it? Uh, it's just about like stuff happening in the community, in the development community. They have all kinds of different guests on there. They talk about everything you know yeah it sounds a bit like it would be a podcast about change logs so it, um but that's it's good to, it's good that's good to know that would be a bit yeah 
I think it's obviously just just the name, right? Yeah. But the uh, the, the Changelog podcast is, I think it's just about, you know, uh, what does it say? Let me just make sure I don't say it wrong. So latest episode is, I don't even know. When the hell is this? Should be pretty recent. They, they I put a couple a week, I think. But they, uh, so, well, August 8th. No, this, no, this is just a random one that they chose. It will be the last year, I guess. No, they should. Because they have a couple, they got JS Party, Go Time, Founders Talk. They have a couple different shows. But obviously, oh, yeah, the, change, the change log is the biggest one hosted by these two guys, Adam Stakoviak and Jared Santo. Um, yeah. yeah, latest episode is the 15th, right? So it's a couple days ago, a few days ago from where we are today. And I talked to Adam. Yeah, Zed. So that's awesome. So Zed, we actually, I had them on, on another podcast to talk. Uh, it's a new editor. So the guys who wrote, um, remember remember GitHub had their own editor for a short time, the Adam yeah. editor? Yeah, yeah, I used so to use it for a while. Quite a few of the guys who worked on that one left github and wrote a new one called zed written completely in rust okay oh okay and, and it's uh it's supposed to be focusing more on the um uh what do you call it the online like cooperative kind of editing stuff so it looks pretty cool and they focus a lot on speed too which is obviously huge right so when you say online cooperative is it basically like um pair programming yeah over the web okay yeah cool. well it's it's all it's a native app from what i understand so because obviously it's hard to do that stuff with just i mean you can do it with uh with web and stuff but i think it's a little bit more difficult uh for this one it's yeah it's just written with 100 percent rust and they focus on i think the biggest thing to focus on is uh like it being fast like as fast as possible because you know if, if you have a slow editor like you can feel it right um that was one of my main reasons why i switched from android studio to vs code because it just felt a bit sluggish to me oh cool uh again we're just on to another topic but it's good to have you on and uh i like the the place my app thing it's cool i hope you can I hope some some more stuff comes to it yeah there's the, it's a good building block i feel like there's more you can you can do with it but i think that the work i'm thinking about is stuff that would take a lot of time to do yeah i feel the same but we'll see um how far i get all right cool well thanks for coming on and i uh, hope to have you back again yeah thanks for having you really it was a pleasure <laughs>